Welcome to the Pet Grooming Business Podcast with me, Bill Betts, where we give practical business advice to help you grow your pet grooming business. This podcast is sponsored by LowPay, the low-rate payment app that gives you more. So without further ado, let's get going. Welcome, everyone. We are live. Welcome to our uh, our little lunch and learn, as I like to call them. And uh, if you're listening to our podcast as well. So I'm joined today by Sam and Jody from the company Houndsley. Welcome. How are you doing? Hi, uh, yeah. Well, good, Yates. You having a good week? Yeah. <laughs> oh? <laughs> yeah. It's a very good week. It's just so very busy at the minute, which is amazing. But yeah, a lot to a lot to get on with. Is is do you find that your uh, is your business like seasonal? Like some groomers sort of say summer's quite busy and then Christmas is mental and is are you like that at all? Last year, I'd say so. This yeah. year it's been a lot steadier, like a, a lot steadier. It's been much busier in general, but then the quiet times aren't so quiet anymore. <laughs> we normally find sort of August is our quieter month, which is like great for me because I've got two kids. So it means I can normally balance Houndsley and the childcare quite easily, but this August, not so much. <laughs> no, no, I, I have actually challenged one of my clients to um, book August off, and she was like, "I can't do that. I can't book August off. What do I? What do everyone do with their dogs?" I was like, "Well, it's a bit of planning, and I'm sure it would work, but there's there's a challenge, isn't there?" Yeah, imagine. Yeah. I'm not sure Sam, Sam would let you. No, I don't think he would. Yeah. <laughs> We, we we leap before we run. So perhaps um, for those of people that um, don't know who you are or have not come across you at the trade shows or or not seen your website, perhaps you can introduce yourselves and uh, and let us know what what you do and and how you do it. So basically, we make pet products. We're natural, vegan, sustainable. We try and keep everything as sustainable as possible. We use aluminium bottles rather than. Plastic. The plastic we do use for the five litres is all post-consumer recycled. And we've just swapped one of our other suppliers to a company which specialises in preventing ocean plastics. So it's plastic that would have ended up in the sea being recycled and used for that. So everything we use is human grade. So it's suitable for us. Um, we started it because in I've got a grooming salon as well as doing this. Um, and we are super clumsy. So clumsy, it's untrue. <laughs> so all of my spray bottles would end up on the floor with the top smashed in. So I used to sort of pull the product onto my hand, pat it on the dog, and then within two days, my hands were flared up, like I wouldn't believe. Like, um, I ended up having to go to the doctors. and So I thought, if I can do that to my hands, mm. into the dogs. And that sort of kicked off the, yeah. the Houndsley movement. Sam is absolutely amazing at coming up with ideas and being creative and is probably one of the most clever people I know I've ever met. However, doing anything with them ideas, <laughs> not yeah. enough for say. So we were sat in Germany, weren't we? Um, we've gone for a little mini break with the family. Yeah. And we were sat in my granddad's favourite little bar it's called Funk House. And Sam said to me, I've got this idea, but I know I won't do anything with it. Do you fancy coming on board? And I said, I'll, yeah, I'll give it a go. And then it sort of snowballed from there, didn't it? Yeah. Wow. yeah. So, uh, Sam, I didn't realise that you were a groomer um, to start with. How, how, are you still yeah. in business at the moment? Yeah, so I've been, God, I've been doing it now 16 years. So uh, my mum was a dog groomer, so that's how I got into it growing up. Um, and then I took over the salon when I think I was 19. Mm-hmm. I'll still do that as well on top of this. So it's daytime at the, the, the dog groomers, about three o'clock, come over to Houndsley. Uh, so it's a bit full on, but it's brilliant being able to keep sort of my toes wet in the industry to yeah. perfect with the products to see how they yeah. work in the salon and what the, the staff think of it. And I think from like an ideas perspective, Sam knows what he would want as a, yeah. as a groomer, what he wants the shampoo to do, how he wants it to smell, what he wants. Your big thing like for the shampoo is loves a good foam. So we make sure our formula is thick enough so it's a really foamy. I mean, you can see on our unit, as he said, he's very clumsy. So if sprinklers went off in here, I think we'd have the <laughs> biggest phone class you've ever seen. So that's been really handy. Yeah, and also the value of time in the salon. Yeah. Like if a product can make something easier or quicker, 
then it's, it's a no-brainer. So that's all of our products, all of the shampoos have got to be able to rinse quickly. You've got to be able to, to lather up so you can work efficiently, know where you've cleaned, know what's left to clean. Um, products like Dynamite and Detonate, the quick dry and the detangler to, to speed up. So if you can save five minutes a dog and you do eight dogs a day, it's nearly an hour you've saved. So, and you've got an awesome testing ground there, haven't you, for new products and new ideas? Yeah, it's, it's really handy because a couple of my, my friends are dog groomers as well, and we've got a brilliant team of ambassadors. So yeah. we've got such a good, I can get hands-on with the product and use it myself. And also we've got really, really well-experienced people that can test and feedback and what they like and what they like to see better. And So it's really, um, we're really lucky to be in the mm-hmm. position we are. Yeah. So what? When was it? When? When were you in Germany? With and sort of said to Jodie, "I've got this idea, but it's never going to take off." What? What you? Lockdown. Yeah, it? So lockdown. Probably the summer before lockdown, and then so we we sort of started it when we got back, and it kind of trundled along. But Jodie worked full time with the NHS. Can I also just say it trundled along because Sam is getting better, but trying to get him to commit or make a decision, even on the name. Because probably about a month, and it got to the point where I said, I can't just pick a name. And when you've decided, let me know. Because I like, I'm very much like, I like to get things done and crossed off and ticked off and ready to go. Sam is more creatively minded. So he takes a little longer to, you know, the, the little things will pick up on and things that I, I'm like, it'll be fine, don't worry. Sam is like, no, no, it's got to be this. So in the end, I said, when you've figured out your name, let me know when I'm back in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Sam is Sam is the artist and you're the agent. Sort of Absolutely. Thing. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, just so, keep... so obviously you've you've grown up. You've you've grown up within the within the pet grooming industry, your mum being a, a pet groomer and stuff. What was that? Did you think when you were leaving school, I'm I'm just gonna follow in my mum's footsteps or I'm gonna take over the business? Or no, I used to want to be a maths lecturer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, Went to college and did maths for the maths, philosophy, law and psychology. And then I worked for Greenpeace for a while. And then from there, I'm not even, I think the reason I started getting back, because I used to, as a kid, obviously, you you, you go and help, don't you? And so started that and it was only when I was probably 18 where it was like, well, actually, I'm already doing this part time. So I know how you got, why you got into it, right? Because she tried to get me on board. (laughs) And I love dogs. I love Hounsley, but dog grooming just isn't for me. I'm, it's just not for me. I'm not creative enough. I'm not... A bit too screamish. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I'd finished college and my, the lady who worked for my mum had a like really terrible bike accident. So she was off and she rang me and said, I need you to come in and help. So I did. And then she was like, can you see yourself doing this forever? And I was like, I love you very much, but no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm proud of you. I think it's amazing, but it's just not my bag. So Sam came into work at that point and he just took to it like a duck's water. It's just him. Yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Lopay. Lopay is half the price of SumUp and Zettel. So you keep more of the money that you earn. Rates start at 0.79%. It's it's really interesting as well. You've got that Greenpeace connection there because when you were saying at the very beginning about using, you know, recyclable items and not giving back to the oceans and stuff like that, that's a very strong sort of cause, isn't it? And that's is that where it's coming from? Yeah, 100%. It's always been like, I mean, even in like year four, I used to be part of the Eco Warrior team in, yeah. in school. Like, so growing up, it's always been, so it's always been something I've been really interested in. And I think obviously as time's going on, it's, it's becoming more and more important. Definitely. Uh, so that was definitely one of the things when we first started, it was like, this has to be the, the bare minimum of minimising any single use plastics, making sure absolutely everything's recyclable, make sure, making sure that we have the smallest impact we possibly can. Yeah. Even now, like the shipping services we use, we check the carbon footprint, mm-hmm. we make judgments of the, what supplies we use based on their environmentally, environmental and sustainability criteria. Um, so that has been the driving force for us, really. And that and that is not going to be an easy thing to do. And that's probably, you know, yeah. the, there's like a straight way to do things. Then there's like the the 
the sort of environmental way, which probably takes you around all the way around to, to must you must really sort of struggle and, and take a lot of time to find these suppliers and companies and materials. I think Sam is really good at he has, when he is into something, when he has an idea or he's focused on something, he is focused. He has to know the ins and outs of everything. And it's happened. It's been like that since he was a kid. Like there is growing up, the, he wasn't, he didn't just like something. He knew everything about it. So in terms of finding these sustainable companies and making sure we keep on top of that, it's actually not as difficult as it sounds because there's nothing that he doesn't really research or know. Mm-hmm. So we, for me, it's, it's felt very easy because Sam knows it all. Sam is, he tells me everything. And before I can even get the Google search up, he's like, oh, no, I already know this. And I found this, this and this. So yeah. it's just who he is and his nature. Yeah, it's good. And you'll be building those contacts now as well, won't you? <laughs> yeah, we've got, um, like I said, the, the prevented ocean plastics that we soon the logo will be on all the packaging up beyond the website and so expanding um, resources like that which really helped obviously they now have a huge sort of database of other companies that are involved in similar so it, it does get easier the more you do it but as with everything like that it comes with the cost it's mm. more expensive way to do it like the aluminium bottles aluminium is the most easily recycled material it's, it takes less energy and there's less byproduct from recycling aluminium and it's infinitely recyclable so that's why we chose the aluminium bottles whereas plastic there's a lot of wastage it takes a lot more energy um, and also a lot of dog rooms don't have recycling facilities mm-hmm. so obviously you have to pay for an extra service to be able to recycle and if you're only got a few bottles a month a lot of dog groomers won't be able to afford or warrant that expense so even if you're chipping everything out in a recycled recyclable bottle it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be recycled. So you still end up with the plastics in landfill. And so yeah. that's the way we've tried to avoid it. I suppose that's, that's disappointing um, when it comes to the councils, isn't it? Because I know we, we have a commercial salon. So to start with, we were putting our, our dog hair and, and stuff into a, a garden waste bin to sort of compost down. And but they would never let you have a recycling bin like you would in the, at the house. So we have to pay, like you said, we pay for a waste company. And you kind of put your faith a little bit into them sort of doing it and recycling it for you. But and also when you look into the recycling process, it's it's so it, it, there's a lot to be improved still. It's like a lot of people complain. In fact, that's one. A lot of people complain about the. Mm-hmm that top now attached on most bottles because you can't recycle anything smaller than like a credit card. So even if you put that in your recycle bin, it gets filtered out and sent to landfill because you can't recycle it, whereas that's meant to be the way to help recycle yeah. it. But even down to coloured plastic, it's just a minefield. So the little, the the smallest amount of plastic we can possibly use, we do. Even down to the labels on the bottles, mm-hmm. I know from the front of our bottles, they look bare for the rest of it because we do only have one label on because there's no point in, if we put two or three labels on, we're tripling the amount of plastic. Mm. It's just... But again, that I suppose that kind of goes against society in a way that as humans, when we go shopping and stuff, we're used to all these like fancy labels and fancy colours and loads of information. And like you said, they might come and look at your stand and look at your products and go, oh, it's just got a tiny tiny label are they just starting up are they are they brand new in the industry you know so it it, it kind of puts you at a disadvantage at times yeah you can do it does but we try and make our products we have we obviously have the colors that represent Hounsley um from the pride flag don't we that's something that we've always followed nice and bright so we try and make even though our bottles might not be as extravagant or as sort of what's the word like decorated with some our products are really commercial yeah, yeah and we we put a lot into the branding, don't we? Making yeah. sure that we've always wanted to be obviously eco friendly, keeping everything as natural as possible, but fun and what we're we trying to say, like approachable and friendly and kind, and that's the sort of business that we've always wanted to yeah. create. So even if sometimes our bottles maybe lack a little in label. <laughs> <laughs> But it's good, you know, doing things like this, it's good to spread that message, isn't it? And to tell people, well, there's a reason why we do that. It's not not because we're, we're scrimping and saving on, on packaging and, and labelling. There's an actual reason why we want to do this. Yeah. Yeah, so true. And 
it's one of them things where once people use the product once, yeah. they don't care what labels on the bottle. <laughs> they yeah. So it's that initial sort of being faced with the, with something that's a little bit different. Um, actually, nobody likes change, really, do they? It's a big thing, especially as a dog groomer, to change products. Mm. It's a big jump there because you, your customers are used to a certain product. You're used to using a certain product. Um, so we get that that's is a yeah. bit of a stepping stone and that's why we love doing the show so much so yeah. you can get face to face with people and have like conversations like this mm. uh, and explain mm. why we do things the way we do yeah um, uh, literally 99.9 percent of the time everyone's like yeah no. yeah let's do you it. get it i wondered if um your thoughts around your aluminium bottle obviously you, you want people to recycle them your mum might remember when they used to recycle the the lemonade bottles used to get like money back if you re- if you sent them back to the company is that something that you looked into or is like shipping and like yeah. miles is not it's worth it problem, isn't yeah. it? It's- cost and carbon footprint is is a lot but yeah. we do offer we do like eco refills so a lot of salons um will have refillable well, liter bottles or five liter bottles to refill customers products for them so they'll bring a product back to the groomers they'll get a top up for a certain price rather mm. than holding bottle. Um, so we, we, we're looking at doing a refill service yeah. um, for the five litres, because the five litre jerry cans are difficult for a dog groomer to recycle. But again, it's the carbon footprint of posting everything about. But So everything's a balancing act. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because it has escalated and grown so quick, sometimes we're constantly chasing our tail a little bit so we have loads of ideas for refill like refill stations at shows looking into yeah. something like that but at the minute finding the time to do that is um <laughs> proving almost impossible <laughs> you'll end up with like an articulated truck turn up with all these no, like no. 200 gallon tubs of shampoos to refill you it's, it's such a, a minefield isn't it do you try and do your best but sometimes it's just too difficult or and it's so expensive. You, you've got to pick the the best you that we can at the moment, and we do sort of we we always looking to take the next step into the next level of sustainability. In the next, like when we use the paper tape, that yeah. was something that wound me up for ages, having to use the plastic tape. Um, but at the beginning, when we were tiny. The, even the dispenser was like 300 quid for the tape so trying to justify spending yeah. 300 pounds it was and the tape is so much more expensive <laughs> and we'd be like right we've sold this much today so we can order this many rolls of paper tape but just be really careful with it because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, and, it, and then it, it does grow doesn't it and it, it yeah. just, that becomes the norm like the really easy thing to do but yeah there's no workshop pranks with paper tape. It's too expensive. Yeah, no, Sam's got to leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taping each other up and leaving yourselves overnight. You're like, no, just as a fortune. So how quickly did uh, did the idea come about? I take it you had a lot of time over lockdown to sort of think about it and... and that, put... yeah. I think for us, it, it was taking along just before lockdown. Um, and I had another business, so I used to own a bridal shop with my mum who sell wedding dresses. Um, and she was retiring from that and we just started from Hounsley. And so I'd got a part-time job with the NHS just to sort of tie me over. And then lockdown hit and Sam had all the time in the world. And you're going to tell me, right, what was your yeah. office over lockdown? I spent most of the time in a hot, hot tub. tub. <laughs> in lemonade. He's, in the garden with book. the dogs. Yeah. It was lovely. But he was able to then sort of put loads into it and really advertising sort of we did packs that groomers could sort of do a, we call it a keep them clean kit so it was a soap um and a perfume and groomers would sell it in their salon but we'd do the drop shipping so they wouldn't even have to have the products delivered we would deliver them directly to their customers mm-hmm. um, it was when we when grooms had to close as yeah. well so groomers still had a bit of an income because they were using their social media to sell the kits they take the orders they'd place the order with us um, and we'd ship it straight to the customer. Um, and that was like the beginning. Yeah. The beginning of it. But yeah. like I said, it's it's all about time at the beginning, getting your ideas, actually making something of your ideas. It's all well and good, everything being sat in a pad, but 
until it's on a website or in a bottle or then you can't mm-hmm. progress can you what was it like making that very first sale was it like yes this is gonna work or was it like oh it, I remember ringing Joe like oh my god and it, the first one was, it was crazy wasn't it yeah and like, it was only for it was for a few cents wasn't it and the yeah. customer bless her was so patient because we'd advertised it but we'd not we'd made samples of it but we'd not actually created enough to bottle we didn't even have a payment system set up and I remember being like I just want to spend some money with you you <laughs> being like I'm really trying <laughs> uh, and we got it out and then it it used to be like really exciting every time you you app would ding. You'd be like, "Oh, how's this going out again?" Um, but you did. It took a while, didn't it? Yeah, I remember the first show we did was a like a, a fun show, like a, a fun dog show sort of thing where you, you have like field. yeah, it was more of an owner than dog groomers. Yeah, yeah. Um, put our gazebo up and we sat there for like eight hours in the rain, and we sold one bottle. <laughs> So I think it was like we'd taken nine ninety five, and it cost us fifteen quid to be there. Yeah. And we had to buy all the stuff and the tables. Yeah, and we kind of looked at each other and thought, "What are we doing? Yeah, like, is is this a bit silly? Have we oh, yeah. have we done the wrong, not the wrong thing, but is this going to be a thing for this market?" Yeah. And then one- a, I think we've all got stories like that. There's a, <laughs> there's a there's a picture that comes up on my Facebook memories uh, many years ago because my son was like four years old and he's got an umbrella and ice cream in his hand and we were again at a local dog show sort of advertising our pet grooming business and it was just pouring with rain for the whole day and like you said you don't get anything from it but I mean that is having that resilience isn't it and doing it and getting out there and knowing that no other show would ever be as bad as that that, that <laughs> no it could not get any worse than that, I don't think. Uh, and it didn't, did it? No. Nope. The next show we did was the one I booked us the <laughs> show in Aldershot, the Groomers Market. Yeah. And I booked it because I, th- I think I saw her advertising it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So that right, I'm going to book us a show. So we booked it. No, didn't have we any had idea. No idea it was where it was. Fast. So we're in Manchester and it was in it's an Aldershot. It's like four hours yeah. away. Um, and so we trundled down, didn't we? And yeah, and that was the morning. That was the first time when it was like, well, actually, yeah, yeah. This, people are going to like these products. It was quite. Um, I remember coming away from that feeling equally excited, but quite overwhelmed. In like, wow, like because yeah. I think your natural expectation for me, and maybe I'm could be quite negative, is that everything's going to be very difficult, everything's going to be very hard, and so when people come and just take you buy your products which is what you should be doing you feel maybe it's like a bit of imposter syndrome you feel like so it's going to pull you out yeah like oh when is it going to stop when when is it that these are just going to dry up and that'll be that'll be us mm-hmm. um but it's not like that you know, at all i think as time goes on you're in, you, yeah. like you said you get through that don't you think actually it's no imposter syndrome yeah if like we people love the product people love the yeah. service that and i think you, you start to have a bit more confidence don't you yes definitely I think also yeah. for me because I'd use them in the salon, so I, yeah. I've got hands-on experience with yeah. what it is. But I do use them at home quite a lot. They have a very multi-purpose. <laughs> My daughter loves Snow Angel um, shampoo in the bath. It's her favorite bubble bath. We use it in the washing before now. Right now we're washing powder. It's very multi-purpose. <laughs> so you you went from your little um, your little dog show where you've sold nine pound ninety five pound bottle of shampoo. And then when did you hit Crufts? What was was Crufts like a big like take a breath and like, oh my God, we're gonna do this? Yeah, the first Crufts yeah. we did, we did with Philippa and Dawn. Like I absolutely love Philippa and Dawn. Two of my favorite people. Yeah. Um, and they really sort of after the older shot show, they took us under the wing a little bit, didn't they? Yeah. Um and said we I'm just allowed to say this, but we sort of jibbed on the end of their <laughs> Yeah, their um, club table, and we had one table, and we had fifteen cents, and that was it. And we actually managed when we packed up to pack it in a bottle wagon and a piano mover, and yeah. we taped it to the car. Yeah. And we did really well, didn't we? Yeah. We for us, we did really well. We thought, oh, this is yeah, this is quite this is good. Um, yeah. So when the next crufts came around, it was the first proper one after COVID, and we were like right we need our own stall and that was really humbling wasn't it to see yeah. like that we'd gone from this tiny table to a, our own stand yeah 
and people were queuing to have our products. So that was yeah. that was incredible, wasn't it? It was. It was the the run up to Crofts was a, a stressful, stressful time. Yeah. So obviously we had orders coming in and things are, are ticking over, doing really well, but having to pay three, four thousand pounds for the stall and the stock up front and because you don't know no. what to expect. You don't know whether you're going to take a fortune worth of stock and come back with it all. Or we really didn't no, know what we were going to no. face. And we got there and it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And we left with next to nothing and then got home thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> God we need to replace all this now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my my goal for crafts uh, is is to have, you know, because Crofts is like a whole week, isn't it, for, for trade stands, you know. But my goal is, you know, I just rock up on a, on a Thursday morning. Here's my pass. My stand's all set up for me. You know, a bit like a band would. The rodeos have, the rodeos have been in. They've sorted it all, all, all out. They've got everything up and working. Done all my brochures. That, that's my goal. Maybe one day I'll have someone come and set all these shows up for me. But uh, I would pay good money for that. I think for us it's about seven hours, isn't it, from start to finish? Painful. I remember it's... this crust. It was we'd um, we had the Luton van. We had these big trolleys carrying stock back and forth, and my mum was helping us, weren't she? Yeah. And I remember sat putting bottles on a shelf, shivering. It's like you're okay. It's like I can't feel my fingers. Like, <laughs> I'm sure I think we're gonna have to go soon. Yeah. It was the longest, coldest. It's always made yeah, it snowy, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. never nice when you're setting up for a, a show, a big show like that. Never. You're always running <laughs> always the rain and rain. snow and wind. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was because they have the big, they have the big um, shutters open, don't they? So the wind was blowing through. It was so cold. It was, Wouldn't and then great. we got back to the hotel. It's like we've not even started yet. We still got a little, <laughs> little crust to do. It, it, yeah. It's a tiring experience, and you're always probably going to forget your high vis vest as well. <laughs> oh yeah, always. <laughs> the first it, year, uh, the first Sam. If you know Sam, he always wears flip flops. He never wears shoes. It's just never had to come foot yeah. prison, don't like him. Come winter or summer, he's in flip-flops. And he had an argument with one of the security members because he didn't have proper shoes on, which is right. Because he's moving on with heavy stuff. They never told me. They never told me. <laughs> so now we have, we have his work trainers, which yeah. stay with our club stuff, and they come with us. They make all the difference, don't they? Yeah. So there must have been a point in uh, in the Hounsey where you thought, right, with you know, we where were you making your, your products and stuff? Was it like a... Uh, a cottage industry where you in your in your kitchen like bottling and and labeling started in you a bedroom in your house and the conservatory in my house and that became the Hounsley office and we had that for a little while and then it got that got quite hazardous because it was so full <laughs> and there was stuff everywhere that we had to then make the jump to get it's about it 1200 square foot units only small wasn't it um, 400, square 400 square foot, foot units so we moved into that and that felt like a huge deal yeah. because mm. when you've got rent and rates and bills to pay and it yeah. sounds very easy going with it all. He, he's like, it'll be fine. And I, I'm the panicker. I'm like, yeah. oh my goodness, like, how are we going to afford this? How are we going to afford to sustain the business and be in a premises? And yeah. actually moving out of the house is a bit tricky because I was always at home with the kids. I could do mm. very easily. I was there. So actually then having to physically go out is the best thing we've ever done. Yeah. But that was quite, that, the balance was shifting and it's quite tricky that. And that so. was the point where you had to give up your job. Yeah, I had to quit my job. So. What was that like? What was that? Was it a leap? Was it a jump? Or was it a, tr- a transition? Um, I'd say just a trans. It felt like a <laughs> massive jump. It felt like, again, I think just must be my way of thinking. I thought, oh gosh. I'm going to have to go and look for another job. So like, this isn't going to continue. And Sam's always like, but it is. So <laughs> on with it. <laughs> and then I do, yeah. and it's always fine. Um, but it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah. The best thing, yeah. You didn't enjoy what, what you were doing. It was just, it paid the bills, didn't it? Yeah. So to be something that you actually enjoyed and you're passionate about, you saw the difference in you. Yeah, it got to the point where like, I'd, I'd work three days a week at my office job. So I'd get up at 5 a.m., and I'd fill orders and get ready and leave for work at 8 15. Then I'd get back at five. You know, the kids had stuff they needed to do, place they needed to be. 
do tea time then about eight half seven eight I'd start again and I'd work through till midnight and that would be for them three days and it just got to the point where I was poorly all the time and I was just like what are we doing we we seem to get to these stages where we can't sustain what we're doing without change and it's always happened quite organically hasn't it it's always we've always got to the point where it was like we're either going to plateau and this is where we're going to stay or we need to take it to the next level and make a change so it was quite a relief actually yeah 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 yeah, you you I suppose you kind of you you strangle your business in a way like working from home and then you made that change then right the next step I'm strangling it because of me so you've then like opened up more hours that you can give to it and there are natural progressions aren't they but yeah. it, it takes a lot to to one recognize that but then also take that yeah. take that risk because it, it's always a risk isn't it and it's it's although it's nerve wracking it's quite <laughs> yeah. when you when you look back at you've done it and I always feel like it's when you've sort of you ride your bag and you take stabilizers off and you're wobbling but you're managing it and that's how I always feel I feel like actually we've we've done it stabilizer going yeah with the after we were in that unit for a year I think something like that just under a year and the our landlords came and said, "You obviously need a bigger unit, don't you?" Like, yeah, we, we do because we spilled out to the outside of the unit. <laughs> that was them saying, "Clean your shit up." Yes, <laughs> outside. It was. And it, we, we start off with like one barrel outside, yeah. then it'd be two barrels, and then it turns like a bit of a walkway. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, "I think you need to go." And I thought <laughs> they were going to say, "You need a bigger unit. We've got this one for you." Yeah. Oh, would you like this one? It's like you need a bigger unit. And we need that one back. So you need to be out by October. And we were both like... We had three, three weeks, essentially, to get out. That was probably the most stressful week of Housley for me. That That's was, but it, again, it didn't mean the, the, trying to find the other unit. and But it came quite, again, came quite yeah. organically. Like, it, we'd, we'd seen, we'd now then moved to Staley Bridge and we'd seen the advert yeah. for the units. So we went to see it. And as we got there, our old landlord, who was lovely, yeah. had already rang the mill we're in now to say have you still got that space available I've got this company called Hounsley who need a bigger space and she was like oh they've just arrived like they've just come um and when we walked in that we were like my goodness because it's like yeah. how big is it now like three three and a half thousand square feet now so, which uh, we've managed to fill because we walked in we thought god we're gonna have space for space years for days, got... yeah. might have a seating area for a coffee <laughs> 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 That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I was just going back to what you were saying about the, the risk and stuff. And I was watching a bit of uh, SAS Who Dare Wins over, over breakfast this morning. And they said something on there which resonated with me was like, you know, if you if you don't fail, if you don't face your fears and fail, you don't learn. So all the way through what you're doing, you're you're going to be like, we're, we're sort of highlighting the, the great times, but there's going to be times where you've, you've gone like, it hasn't worked and you've learned and moved on, isn't there? Yeah. And and times where you are, especially like in the beginning or scrambling about to think, right, we need to introduce new products, but you need money to invest in that product. And mm. we've always been quite careful with sort of how we try to keep try to keep all the money in the business to finance it from ourselves, you know, rather than having the pressure of loans, loans and all. stuff yeah. like that. Our investors um, and it. It is these peaks and troughs, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like this year we had. Um, it, earlier this year was a, a mm. difficult time. It was we had um, two of our family members pass away in the mm. space of about ten days, and it was just it that was so difficult yeah. because obviously with family, so they yeah. both our family. We don't have we didn't have any staff that could come in and help. The the only other person who used to work is my mum. And my dad sometimes, and obviously they just lost their sister and, and dad. It was a really difficult time. And I suppose every dog groomer goes through this time when you're self-employed, when you're sick, yeah. or when something like that happens, or when something happens to your own dog, where they don't have the, the backup of sick pay, or no. they don't have that security of some other staff going in and, and doing their job for a while. And that was really, really difficult to try and get yourself back into it to do it, because... Yeah. Because if we're not doing it, no, nobody no, else yeah. it. It's us two, and that's and my mum not possible. But it's hard, isn't it? And and it, you know, being a being a company out there on the internet and everything, people don't see this story, the backstory behind it all, and they might not understand what 
what's going on you know they might be expecting email replies and orders and it's yeah. like did, um, did, say though at that time we did sort of put it out on social media what was going on because be as open and and like our granddad was poorly and he died very quickly and then we'll, we'll get back on top of orders and then it happened with my auntie 10 days later and we did have the best customers to be fair yeah. everybody was I think because we are quite open we are quite honest on social media if we struggle in if we stuck and we, I say we're quite friendly aren't we we do have oh, really yeah. good relationships with our customers and um, everybody to be fair, was the most supportive, I they think. were. The messages from people. Yeah. Uh, and people offering to come and help. Yeah. Help pack, help if we need anything, they'll come down. It was really heartwarming, which is yeah. was so lovely at a time like that. Because it can be quite, when you're self-employed, it can be quite yeah. a lonely place, kind of, especially a lot of dog groomers work on their own. And to, to go through the stresses of, of being self-employed and the financial stress that it comes with, the the illness or you break your wrist or something like the stress of that and to not have anyone to sort of give you the the pep talk to get you back on your game can be so I suppose the Facebook groups are so handy so for people handy, are, yeah. having that community of people that were you sort of propping were you propping each other up like one would have a, a down day and the other one would be like right yeah. come on and then vice versa you're quite you're good at when you're feeling like that, Jodie can get her head down, get it done, yeah. distract yourself for a while. I'm very good at compartmentalising it also. If I'm feeling yeah. sad, I'll give myself an hour and then I've got to crack on. I've got to get on with the day. And you were good at that and that yeah. helps sort of get me get back you into, into things. Because yeah. yeah. when his focus isn't on it, if, if something happened, your focus is gone, your focus is gone, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, and he it's needs... Difficult. And it's supposed why we work so well. We know each other inside out. We know... Yeah. He knows when I'm not feeling it. I know when he's not feeling it. I know when I need to say, listen, you need to get your bugging gear. Let's go. And equally. They're not the words you use. So what does a, a day in the life of Hounsley, what's that like? Are you in at sort of nine o'clock or do you swan in at 12 o'clock? And <laughs> I am <know. laughs> a little early, get into work, get it done kind of person. Yeah. You prefer, you generally grooming out you in the yeah. morning, but Thursday, Friday is when he's not. I'm normally here. Yeah. You come in and we, it, it is never a nine to five because it might be some, like the past few weeks, my days have been eight to eight. They have been, yeah. my husband having to do all the childcare parts of it, having to run everyone to the groups he needs to go to and me just being here, getting stuff done. Um, yeah. Equally. It's nice sometimes when you get in it and get in for seven and I'll have everything packed so I can go home and do all my admin from home and I quite like that. Um, so when you when you're in when you're in the um your your setup here, you are yeah. literally putting fulfilling orders, you're packing orders and then shipping them out. So you're you're ha- you're still very much hands-on. Yeah, every order that goes out, it's generally me. My mum does help um yeah. when we're when we're really busy out for away. Um, yeah, I make everything. He makes everything. Oh. I yeah, we bottle it between us and then we ship it. So everything we are, we have just quite exciting, yeah. but again, nerve wracking because we're just sort of um, expanding our fulfillment. So we're going to have people help us pack orders and send them out, and giving people more option on sort of delivery companies to use because we've had a few issues with that. Yeah, but no, this but- is my like. This has been my bit of the business that I now have to relinquish a bit of control so I can get on with the email and the marketing and the new products and the growth. Yeah. Yeah. And again, because, you know, it's it's a little bit like me, I suppose. I'm still doing all the sales calls. I'm still doing all the talking and the chats. But you can only get to so far, can't you, on your own without them putting in that that extra help. Yeah. Yeah. And customer service for me is the biggest thing like I hate terrible customer yeah. service and the feeling in my stomach I get when sort of we've not maybe replied to an email fast enough or I've missed an email which is I'm not, we're only humans only two of us sometimes it happens or you think I'll reply to that in a minute and then it's been a week and the last thing that I'd want is for everyone to say that they take your money and they're not bothered because yeah. that's not what we're about so I'm excited to get a bit more control over that again and make sure that you know we've got a great ambassador team haven't yeah. we that we, we can't wait to announce and even just getting more involved with them 
how it that but at the minute it's just because you I think when you're self-employed and you can sort of reach everyone over Facebook quite easily the working hours the nine to five working hours go out the window so equally like I love the fact that I can answer customers whenever I want but sometimes you want a family day I want a day where on a Sunday I can just shut off a little bit and enjoy you know seeing the kids and being my husband but it's very very difficult to do that I think this day and age with social media yeah. it's such a it's such a draw you know it's such a draw to to see what's going on and I said to actually I said to my clients yesterday you know they they sometimes struggle with other services with like time replies and stuff I said well I do spoil you a little bit you know I'm always on it I'm always like and I'm the worst you know we always talk about customer boundaries and and stuff like that but it's like oh reply to that or or yeah. this and I'll just do that and and yeah. I'm a, if there's a problem I want it sorted it will weigh on if someone's yeah. got the wrong order or something's which does happen or if something's ruined in transit the last thing I'd want is for a customer to think oh they've, they've packed it they've sent it they're not bothered because that's not who we are at all and it will panic me until I've dealt with it so it I'd bring it on myself I'd say (laughs) (laughs) it'll set any boundaries because it's just not yeah yeah but the thing is though because that's what we'd expect and what we like that's we what you'll you you set the high the bar very very high for customer service which obviously is brilliant but you put yourself under a lot of stress with it don't you yeah but but I don't know how else to be. Yeah. That's just in my no, head. I don't think, yeah. Brilliant. I think it's but brilliant. It shows in your success as well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. You you wouldn't be in that massive warehouse now if your customer service was poor. Exactly. And I think that's something because of how busy it's got this last, I'd say the last three, four months, we're at that stage again where if something's got to change because it's not sustainable as it is because no. we're going to either end up burnt out or the shipping times are getting longer, which we don't like mm-hmm. because we physically don't have enough hours in the day to make. And so that's why we've, we've expanded the team. And we're also going to be able to offer, like order by 3 p.m. for next day delivery, things like that, which I think is really important. The things yeah. that we we highlight now is what we think the issues are. Yeah. Um, which we're really excited about because yeah. it's nice to please people, isn't it? <laughs> when, <laughs> when you get that message through saying, can't believe how fast it's come. Thank you. Absolutely love it. It's the, the just it's the best nice in the world. When yeah. your, your app pings and you've got a review, and it's it's just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So we've obviously we've got to get to know you two, the the faces behind Houndsley. But what sort of products um, are you offering? What products are out there with your name on it? So at the minute we. Um, so sorry. Let me just turn the compressor off. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> This is a day in the life of Howlington. This is what Howlington is like. Very hot, is it? Um, so we do the shampoos and we launched a conditioner, which is done amazing. Um, we do perfumes. I think we're on about 28, 28 cents now. Um, we've got the Christmas range that we are just launching yep. with the festive. So we do like a festive fragrance pack. Kind of like an old stars this year. We've got the all the best selling one from the last four years back. Yeah. Um, I, we've had to do another one. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, this is my quick getting prepped for Christmas. For me, that's early because I just love it. I love. And again, I feel like this year I've had to do it in a bit of a rush because I've not had the same time. So I'm looking forward to having that time to cut back into it. Um, yeah. We launched the pumpkin spice latte shampoo, oh, didn't God, we? Yeah. And that's as done. Amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> um, is this for women to drink or actually to use <laughs> the, the pumpkin oh, spice latte shampoo? It's pumpkin spice latte. Um, with yeah, so that's the shampoo we've got. The, the de shedding shampoo has been like is the number one seller across the whole website. Yeah, it's just crazy. That and dynamite, which is a speed dry spray. Um, them two are the best selling products because, mm-hmm. like I said, when it comes to a dog groomer's life times money if, if you can save 20 minutes drying a dog and you can do that five times in a day that's an extra dog you can get in or an early finish or go home early yeah yeah <laughs> but, um the houndsley usa which is we've got a business partner over in america josh and he does basically what we do here so taught him how to make everything 
mm-hmm. taught him, been over and showed him how to do the shampoo router, and they've just launched the shampoo in America. So that's now available on houndsleyusa.com. And then we have just been over to Portugal, where we've got another business partner, Jenny, who's doing Houndsley in Europe, mm-hmm. obviously now with Brexit and the shipping. And, it's, yeah, it's so, an absolute nightmare trying to ship. We've, we've yeah. tried to ship some samples over to Jenny, and I think it's on its third time it's come back to us because something's not right. And I've just said, can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not coming. We went, we, we went on holiday to France and uh, we'd left some quite important medical supplies at home. And so we said to the house the house sitter, or my neighbour, could you just grab that, chuck it on a UPS delivery? And the UPS, or, or, and they said they'd get it out to us. And uh, we'd come home three weeks before it got delivered. So we'd actually yeah. come home and then three weeks later, they delivered it to the house in France that we were staying at. UPS didn't even bother to come and pick it up. They must have looked at the two the, the two flights of stairs we'd have to get up and then looked at the package and just no, they didn't even bother picking it up. So how did you how did you get your head around um dare I say it Brexit and all the rules? Did you even try or did you just go, no, I'm just gonna find a business partner out there? How did you- we did sell a fair bit to parts of Europe. Like we had a I wouldn't say a big customer base, but we definitely had demand out there. Yeah. So when all that happened and we looked into the paperwork side of it and it was a bit, it was at a time when we'd grown so much in the UK as well that it, we didn't really have the time. So no. it was lucky really that the, the Jenny who does it in in Portugal um, has moved out there about a year ago. So before it, she was over here with us. With yeah, she's um, coming, she, she does shows with us. She didn't yeah, come she and um, she's our cousin, so again, it's family. So it's yeah. they need to get on with. And yeah. she absolutely puts her all into it and has the same sort of thought processes, ideas, what Hounsley is. But she's she's running it over there for us, yeah. which again is it has been quite. It's quite difficult, isn't it? It's a com- the same with America. It's a completely different. Mark, you've got this product that works the way we've done it has worked. So we give that to Josh in America and didn't it didn't work like we did it. They've had to do it a completely different way, um, which you weren't expecting. Yeah, Yeah, marketing. And you have to sense as well, because what our scent will be like rhubarb and custard and and like nostalgic for us but over there didn't mean a thing they were like they want sausage and syrup (laughs) (laughs) Cinnabon that that does our best one of our best sellers is Cinnabon and they love that (laughs) but rhubarb and custard they were like oh my gosh what is that (laughs) (laughs) what do you do with that (laughs) and equally in Europe like the 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 much more into fruitier citrus than the UK yeah it's the sweet yeah the sweet ones aren't as, as popular over no. there and it's then he was like I very love all my sense I look so I don't understand why <laughs> anybody else wouldn't so when he came back and was like this isn't selling this isn't selling I was like no nah, you're doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to have a trip out there and make sure yeah, well, we did yeah. we went to Vegas which was, we did super zoo we did super which zoo. was just incredible and yeah. it was absolutely fantastic it was the first time we could actually get like hands on the, hands on the products and face to face with without having to chip them over and and whatnot so that was really nice to sort of be part of it physically yeah. for the first time because we'd had hours and hours and hours of hours. zoom meetings and all that sort of side of it but we'd not actually been there and been able to stand in america and to give the same sort of talk we do in the uk yeah. Just one of them sort of pinch me moments. Yeah, I mean, here's us discussing about you getting a bigger a bigger unit. Yeah, you've gone and broken America and Europe. I mean, hold on, where, yeah. where, how how are you inspired? I mean, have you reached out to business advisors or mentors to help you? Or you've just gone out and found people out there and gone, oh, let's give this a go. Yeah, the really strange story with America is my, so I've had a friend who I've known for years and one of her friends, Josh, he used to be a security guard and he told like the Backstreet Boys and just Timberlake and he, yeah. security. And he wanted to do something else other than touring with NBA because you can't be security forever. And she was like, I've told him about Hounsley and he's really interested. So she set up a meeting between us 
And we just got chatting from there. And again, I wanted everything done, like get on with it. And Josh is very much like Sam, like take our time. So, and it's really showing that the communication, you know, both speak English, but actually there were so many instances where things did not translate. And we get off a call and think, I need to just confirm that. And it's just explain yeah. what I mean by this. Like, so it has, it's been a massive learning curve for us all. Hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Again, Josh has the same similar values to us. He yeah. loves Houndsley. He loves, and then in, I can't speak for the whole America, but where we're selling, recycling and stuff like that is not a yeah. big thing over there. It's, mm. You know, the things that we really promote over here that we're really proud of being sustainable, it's, they're like, oh yeah, that's great, but what sense have you got? Like, you know, they're not, it was, a, it was like, they're not that. Seems there's a lot of catching up when it comes to the environmental side of it. Yeah. Although they do see like the UK standard, like the when we say it's formulated in the UK, they go crazy yeah. for it because they see our standards of, of, pet products and the laws around it and legislation is like super high compared to them. Whereas obviously I'm I'm absolutely appalled by what the legal side of what can go in pet products. It's absolutely shocking. This I suppose in the whole the whole of the industry there's such a lack of regulation. Um but that's how we feel. But America see it see it as we we've got really high standards. So it's I wouldn't what goes into American products I wouldn't like to, to say. <laughs> You're trailblazing out there. Hopefully, we're getting there. Josh, as well, is is so good. He's a lovely person. He really is. We get on so well with him. He's one of the people where you feel like you've known him your whole life. Um, And he's really good. He's so confident. He's brilliant at the business side of things. Yeah. Going, introducing himself to to people. He will walk into any, because they do a lot of, they walk in and sell. It's a lot of that. And he will walk into any groom which he's got a packet of Houndsley sample products on him at all times. And he, whereas I'd be stood outside fretting, like, I'd do Yeah, it. Sam pushing you in. Go on, just go go inside, introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Actually, I, I'm a bit similar. There's, a, there's obviously groomers everywhere. So I, I do walk past groomers. I think, oh, perhaps I should go in. But they're like, what if they've never heard of me? You've got some weirdo walking into, the, <laughs> into their groomers going, hi, I'm Bill from like, we sent samples, we sent samples out free samples and I'd been really organized and I've done letters and each everybody had a different scent or it was like a group had this scent a group had that scent took it around to Sam's to pack and they absolutely ruined it like my it went it just no one got the right sample which was a terrible first impression but people did like it apart from this one girl who rang me and I've not <laughs> not put the right postage on it. So he got a bill for a pound. 61 pence. 61 pence and did not did not open anymore. And he absolutely he tore into me and he said I want a postal order for a pound. And I said, I don't know what a postal order is. And he laughed at me and said, you don't know what a postal order is. And then after that I said I'm not doing any marketing again. We're done. Like, yeah, no direct he was so cross with me. I remember you ringing yourself. I was upset. I was actually at the bridal shop and a bride just walking after the phone call and she was collecting a dress and she's like, Are you okay? And I was like, no. It just it just takes you switch off your feet, doesn't it? It's just like, whoa, what, where did all that come from? And yeah, especially when you knew. The, the strange thing was as well, the groomer that it was lives literally two minutes from Jodie's house, <laughs> so she didn't need to post it. I thought he just put it through his letterbox. I mean, I don't think he would have been classy if he didn't have to pay a pound for it. <laughs> anyway, I did go past and pop a pound through his door, and then we were, we were yep. talking, I thought. A pound coin take to some dog poo. The thing, especially when it's family. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't shout my family. My mum. When we had to hold my mum back, she'd have been in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so what, what does your what does your mum make of it all? Did she did she ever like um so quite quite often we we talk to family members obviously your mum's in the industry and um we get quite a little bit of fear we get a little bit like oh are you sure it's gonna work and oh I don't know about this and what's your family because obviously you are family what have they all sort of said about this 
Yeah, actually, uh, we're all, my dad's self-employed or has been for, gosh, since I was about 14, so about 20 odd years. Um, my mum was self-employed from, for a good long amount of time and a lot of our fa- wider family self-employed. Yeah. So having us, our own business has never really been a worry mm. as such. Like we're very much a go for because that's all we've grown up with. Yeah. I think my mum was amazed, wasn't she, about how big it's got. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think as well, she gave me the, the sort of the um to get it done because she said, you'll be bored of it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> out of challenge. Yeah, I thought no, not now. <laughs> this, thank you. Yeah, so out of just pure spite, really, <laughs> I thought no, I'm going to make something of this. And then before we knew it, and then he got me involved in that. <laughs> now he's he can't not because I'm yeah. either him. I know where it's it. And then obviously uh, you got kids yourself, so maybe there's a succession plan there for for Hounsley <laughs> in the years to come. <laughs> My um my daughter, she does a lot of gymnastics, so she said that she's going to be a gymnast and then she's going to work at Hounsley and then she's going to be a normal person like me. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how to take that, but she quite liked it. And she has a Hounsley T-shirt, she loves it. Um, oh, yes, so, yeah, maybe. Um, my nephew, he's a really keen footballer, and he said he's not going to be a footballer, he's going to come and work at Hounsley. There you go. And and this is what I say to some some to my clients, you know, you not only are you, are you doing well for yourselves, but you're you're inspiring those those generations and inspiring those people around you because that your attitude and, and what you do kind of rolls down like subconsciously as well as how talking and, and doing well, stuff like this. I think for me, for Lee, like I've always had uh, when we had the bridal shop, it was very much I could work my own hours and We'd be at the shop, but I'd always be there for the kids. And then as this has got busier, I've been very aware of going to shows, being away for the weekend, which initially I used to get very upset over. But now oh, yeah. she'd be crying when we picked her up and then we'd hit the motorway and she'd be fine. But no, I love it. I absolutely love going. I love just being me and being Hounsley. But I was very conscious that every time my daughter would say, Where are you going? I said, I'm going to a show. And she'd say, I don't want you to go. And I'd say, But I need to go and make pennies so we can do nice things. And it got to a point where I was a little bit like, I don't want her to think that what I'm doing is just about money because one, I probably think very deeply about this, but I don't want her to think I'm leaving her to go make money and that's it. So we sort of said like, we explained to her, you know, you do a lot of gymnastics and dance and you love it and you work hard for it. That's exactly what mummy does with Helmsley. Like that's her thing that like, her and Sam have built and we love and we enjoy and we've got to go away to put all our effort into it. And since I've explained that to her, she doesn't get upset anymore. She gets it. She understands why, you know, we spend a few weekends away a year at shows or yeah. into Portugal or Vegas. Vegas, <laughs> yeah. But she gets it. And my son's 14, so he completely understands. Yeah. Swindles me out of fivers an hour for, <laughs> for filling sample bottles all the time. It's hard though, isn't it? Because you, you think of the shows coming up. So I've, we've got one in November, haven't we? The, uh, the grooming awards and stuff. And I was thinking... Uh, you know, uh, me and Emma could go together, but who'd look after the kids and who'd look after the children? And there's remembrance parades for their clubs. And, and it's just like, that gets very stressful then, doesn't it? <laughs> it is. And finding a balance, I think, if you're self-employed or you work someone else, the balance is, the guilt's always there. The balance is tricky. But I think showing them what what we can do, you know. And still in that work. Yeah. It's a, a really good thing for them. Yeah, and I can say to them, I'm not coming in today because I'm going to go to assembly, or I'm going to come and do school hours because I'm going to do pick up. And I think that for me is the biggest thing. I hated sort of being told when I could go for my lunch. When missing I could. Ivy's awards. Yeah, like missing Ivy and Jacobs yeah. assemblies, or yeah. I hate this is a, it, it works perfectly yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah, I think it's got to a point as well when you're when you get more confident in yourself and what you're doing, and you can say, "No, I'm going to do this, and we'll make it work business wise." Mm-hmm. Because what's the point of being self-employed if if you can't choose your own hours and yeah. if you can't? I said, <laughs> yeah, I said the exact same thing this morning to a lady who I was talking to, and she's working Saturdays, had a two-year-old son, and uh, I was like, "Do you want to work Saturdays?" She's like, why do you do it? She's like, "Well, you know, customers." What's the yeah. point of being? What's the point of being self-employed? What's the point of being a business owner if you? Absolutely. You can't? 
outside for your hours. We used to work Saturdays. No, we used to always work Saturdays. We used to have Sunday, Mondays off, um, which is a pain because people say, oh, we're doing this on Saturday. Do you want to come to this barbecue on Saturday? Do you want to go here on Saturday? Or should we go away for the weekend? It's like, no, no. Well, if you give me enough notice, I can. And it was just, it got to a point where it's so controlled. I felt I was missing out on so much. So I just said, we'll just have to stop. So we stopped. We stopped doing the Saturdays and we did, I think we did Monday to Thursdays for a while. And we lost a few customers, but I'd say my life is so much better for it from not working the Saturday. And obviously the customers that left, it opened up space for the new customers. Yeah. So it was it was the best thing that I've that we that we did for a long, long while. Um now it's it's obviously that busy with Housley just doing the three days there, the Monday to Wednesday. And people um and with that I thought again, is it going to be an issue for people? And a few people it was, but we have some people now who are booking in school holidays because they take the time off the kids. People work around it. If they want to come to you, they will do. And if they don't, then it's just another opportunity to get a new customer in. Yeah. And think about how many people are out there. You know, yeah. we always we always dwell on that one person, don't we? But it's yeah. well, with your extensive network now in America and Europe, there's millions, millions of people that you're going to be <laughs> working with. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we'll end it on that really positive note. And I think we've also got to remind everyone who are out there self-employed and they might be feeling a little bit like, oh, why am I doing this? But you're you're all inspiration, aren't you? You're all inspiration to your friends, families and and people around you. And that's that's part of the reason why you do it. So I think anybody who's brave enough to take that step and be self-employed and go for it is is incredibly brave and incredibly daunting. But definitely if you can do it, you've got and you you take that step, you've got something about you to do it. So it's about finding the right network and finding we speak to a lot of people with shows, don't we? And they either just training or they're just starting up and you can see the nerves in the face. Mm -hmm. And it's like as long as you do what you what you know, you trust your instincts, your yourself with the customers. At the end of the day, the grooming the dogs are a very small part of it. Mm-hmm. You, if you're if the customer trusts you, if they like you, if you get on with them, that's the, the whether or not you're doing the best cut in the world on the dog, or you just keep the dog comfortable. The owner's coming back because they trust you with something that's really important to them. And it's like, just be yourself and don't worry too much about it. Because if you enjoy what you do and they see you enjoying yourself, you'll have no problem. It's the battle, isn't Yeah. It? Like, don't think about this week. Think about where you're going to be in the year. Like, I think people really underestimate, overestimate what they can do in a really short amount of time. Like, they'll think, I'm, I can do all this. But then they underestimate what they can do in a year. Yeah, yeah definitely. Take a picture. It takes a bit of the stress off sometimes rather than worrying about... How are you going to make ends meet right now? I think. Yeah, show. yeah, and we always talk about always talk about lifting your vision. You know, not we we we're so much in the in the trenches all the time, thinking about where's the next sale. Where's like my mentor Robin was like, where's the next hundred sales coming from? You like lift your where's the next six months looking like? Twelve months, so important. So um, this podcast does go out internationally so tell everyone where they can get your products if they're in the uk us and europe so the uk hounsley.co.uk the if you're in europe it's hounsley.pt and anywhere in america is hounsleyusa.com nice well if you go to any of the websites we can always point you in the right direction (laughs) but we're also on facebook and instagram um and we start to push the tiktoks now as well so you can get a um bit of an insight into what it's like in the Hounsley world <laughs> it's going to be showing you like bottling and and putting oh, yeah. stuff together not just <laughs> dancing on TikTok and doing no, it sounds like they have these really big barrels that get delivered and Sam comes up with all these content like ideas <laughs> and it always ends with and then you just pop out of the, the barrel I'm not getting in the barrel yeah <laughs> 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 You're going to turn up to a show one day and you'll be sat rolling this barrel down the down the hill and Jodie pops out. So Jodie will make good content. You don't care about good content. I'm not getting about it. I think if young people ask for it, <laughs> I do think she can be convinced. Hashtag Jodie in a barrel. Let's get that, let's get that trending. 
there we go. See, thanks, Sam. See. Thanks, Bill. I'm so. just thinking, I just think Breaking Bad all the time. When you like talk to people with like all this machinery and bats and chemicals and stuff. <laughs> when we used to get stuff delivered, I used to think, God, I wonder what people like. I wonder what they think we're making. <laughs> If you, if you start getting big laundry machines and stuff, um, then we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's the um, what's the next show you're going to be at? We're at the oldest Greens Market in October. Yeah. And then International Grooming Conference in yep. November. You're there yeah. for the Saturday Sunday. Then grooming show in January, and then Crofts. Yeah. So all over again. Crofts uh, uh, applications are out today. And yes. we've just done it. We've literally done it. Like, right, let's get it done, get it in. This year is a bit of a double whammy as well, though, because we've got Crufts. So that's is it the 7th to the 10th this year. Mm-hmm. So then we're back on the 11th. And then Portugal's got a real, well, Madrid's got a really big show. It's like a similar size to Crufts. I think it's about 20,000 people that go. And that's on the 13th to the 16th. So we're going to be at Crufts. We get set up on the, the 6th, their 7th, 8th. Is it ninth and tenth? Yeah, 9th, 10th, back home on the 11th, flying out on the 12th to meet Jenny over in Madrid to set up for the show. So it's going to be um, Very a crazy month, March. You'd think March would be quiet, wouldn't you? But not for the grooming industry. In the grooming yeah. industry. <laughs> yeah. But remember that goal. Everything yeah. gets everything gets set up for you and you just walk in and go, right, where is everyone? <laughs> well, what, one year, Bill, we're walking, well, sci fi as we go in and just go to our stand when it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything's been done beforehand. Yes. Or I'll, I'll FaceTime you from the <laughs> beach in Greece. <laughs> if you're on a beach, I'm on a beach. There'll be no FaceTiming. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, it's been lovely catching up with you. I love doing these. Oh, uh, it's been lovely. Yeah, I love doing these, uh, getting the behind the behind the business, the faces behind the business. So uh, thanks for coming on. Lovely. I'll see you in October. Fantastic. We'll see you soon. See you later. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Please make sure you give us a like or a review to help people find it. The podcast is sponsored by Lowpay. Head over to www.lowpay.com to find out more about their payment solution. Oh.